What's up, everybody? We are back. Welcome to Real Chronicles, brought to you by CinematicReal.com. I'm your host, David. I am joined with today, Mr. Jack Renault. How are you today? I'm doing good. Thank you again for having me and <laughs> furthering my exploration into the world of David Lynch, for better or for worse. Uh, more on that later. <laughs> and Mr. Hunter Friesen. This is. I, I want to, just before he even says hello, I want to thank him for taking on this challenge, because I know <laughs> this is probably a difficult one. How are you, good well, sir? I will say yesterday something came up that I will have to that we had to change this podcast recording earlier by an hour, and I only did it because God damn it, I watched this movie. I'm gonna get to talk about it. <laughs> this is this was for business, so I'm gonna get my reward out of it. And there's there's no way we can have a do 1984 podcast without having someone that's actually read the book, knows every nook and cranny of that book. Mister Loop, welcome back, good sir. How are you? The sleeper must awaken, which is something I tell myself every morning <laughs> to try and wake up. <laughs> so with the release of Doom Part 2, which now Hunter has also seen, uh, we decided to look at the 40-year anniversary of David Lich's effort at what was seen as unadaptable until Denis got his hands on it. Uh, 1984's Dune. There's a lot to talk about here. It's uh for good and bad, uh, lots of bad, but there is some bright spots here for me at least uh, that we're going to get into. Before we get into that, let's get into some of the news of the week. Uh, the big news of the week is that um, Sam Mendes is going to direct four Beatles biopics, all to release in theaters in 2027. Uh, Jack and I were talking off the line. This is pretty much the biggest like miss in terms of biopics that hasn't been touched yet right yeah i think i think it's probably the most significant like probably like the music biopic topic that has not been made yet and now that like the rights have finally been like given it's going to be a real you know moderate monitoring session to see what they do and i'm sure that it's all going to be covered really closely for sure hunter what about you I mean, Sam Mendes is a good director, and it's an interesting way beyond just we're going to do a Beatles movie, because mm -hmm. I can already see that in my head as being boring and formulaic. Not that four separate movies couldn't be boring and formulaic, but it's at least an attempt that I'm interested in. Luke, what do you know about the Beatles over there in Latvia? Well, believe it or not, we know quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's an it's an interesting thing, but I'm just a little disappointed that it's all Sam Mendes. I think it'd be more interesting if you get a new guy for each movie. Uh, the thing I've enjoyed most is the Twitter memes, where it's like the Ringo, uh, the, the, <laughs> Paul, the Paul, Paul movies, and be like, oh, I need to learn how to be the leader. The John and George movie is going to be something, and then Ringo is just a scene from Top Gun Maverick or something. <laughs> and it's just... It is true. What yeah. if the first one isn't a good movie? Like, what does that mean for the rest of the three? You got to yeah. start with Lennon then, right? To just kind of get people in. Or maybe, yeah, uh, maybe that's a maybe good Paul. point. What's the release order going to be? My, <laughs> I, I'm guessing they 
I can't imagine they all hit festivals. So maybe spread them out throughout the year. Like these, these are big money makers, oh. big blockbusters. They don't need festivals. Oh yeah, no. I mean, I'm saying in terms of like releasing by like name, Len- like, whose movie gets like because they gotta they save the Ringo movie for last. Like... No, I actually would bookend <laughs> Lennon and McCartney and then throw yeah. throw the other two in in the middle. I say you, you go Paul first because you know he's alive and you can mm-hmm. be in out mm-hmm. there on the circuit talking it. Now, now, now! I just said, what if they're bad? What if they're all good? And then that year at the Oscars, we have Four... Sam Mendes for Paul, Sam Mendes for, <laughs> for George Harris. We have we, we have the Beatle vote splits to account for. Yeah, there you go. That'll be crazy. You saw some casting possibilities, Jack? Uh, not possibility possibilities, but just like people have been hypothesizing throughout the internet. Uh, Tom Holland's obviously getting mentioned for. A couple of the Beatles. Um, there was one name I saw. I'm trying to find the post that I saw. But there was one name that one I was. One guy excited. plays them all. <laughs> <laughs> we get Daniel Day Lewis out of retirement to play one of them, hmm. or yeah, all of play, them. Uh, George Martin, the producer, who they call, like, the fifth Beatle. He's like in all four of the movies. Astra, I didn't hear. Um, how. Like, is this a lifespan movie, or is this just, like, 10 years of the Beatles? Like, God, I, can't I hope remember. not. Because <laughs> like if it's lifespan, like the mic you know, drop we'll... moment is, like, whenever they all, they all go to, like, the whatever club it was that were, like, they met or whatever, and it's like, yeah. oh, and they meet, and then mic drop. Yeah. And was, then, do we, do we get a team-up movie after that? Like, oh, there no. we go. <laughs> well, that's a good idea. The, each, the four movies are named by their first name. And then the big final movie is a surprise fifth entry in December just called The Beatles. Either way, this is an interesting concept to a boring genre at this point. So hopefully it does, it's a little it also different. It does remind me of any movie nowadays that gets announced. They're like, yeah, this is the first in a four-part series. And it's like, at least make one movie first before you tell me this. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I guess with the Beatles, it's inevitable. Kind of have You do one, you kind of have to do them all. And then uh, the other bit of news is Bong Joon-ho's Mickey 17 is moving to January 2025. January 31st, 2025, to be exact. Um, That doesn't sound good at all. Uh, Uh, I have faith in Bong, but when you hear delayed to January, it's just instinctual. You're like, no. This hasn't tested well from what I've seen, and I've spoken to someone that did see it, and they're kind of like, you know, it's not Parasite. That's what I was told. Yeah, it's a hard, hard thing to come to follow up. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. So. like I, I know, you know, Parasite's almost an anomaly in terms of Bong Joon Ho and reception box office wise, but it has been almost six years, five years since Parasite. It'll be almost six since Parasite when this is released, and like we had gotten nothing in between. It's kind of crazy though. After winning Best Director, being like the king of the world at one point, that he hasn't done a single thing since. Yeah, and I mean, I've liked the majority of his stuff so yeah yeah so he hasn't really struck out with me per se uh but yeah the 2025 move is surprising some people are you know how twitter is some people are oh but this just means it's going to be a late december release and it's going to go wide in january i'm like no that's not that's not that would be that would be the biggest distance between limited release and wide release i've ever seen though i totally agree uh so yeah Jack, do you still have faith in this, or you're kind of like, eh, whatever? Uh, I mean, I mean, like, I mean, some stuff like, I, 
wasn't that kind of the case with like the Revenant? I feel like that had screenings in like December, and then that went wide in January. So, but when they do that, it's usually like first week of January. That's oh yeah, that, yeah. I, yeah, that's a good point too. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I'll see what sees, but who knows? January can always bring a surprise for sure. Luke, any comment on that? I just see 2025 is getting more and more stacked, regardless of how, how good Mickey 17 may be. It's just another one for the pile of a, a, an absurd amount of 2025 releases. For sure. Speaking That's- of 2025 releases, I, I'm glad Luke's here because we always have a good time busting balls on this. Hey, hey, Luke, what do you think of all those people that said that uh, the King Dynasty was still intact? <laughs> well, I, I think they're... Uh, they're real quiet right now. No, just just, <laughs> just just a little bit. So yeah, Avengers Five will no longer be titled the King Dynasty. Yeah, nothing really else to add. Just wanted to you know put that out there for not much of a dynasty, really. No, not at all. Not at all. See, see you in twenty twenty eight. I don't see that movie coming out. For They're a while. more like the uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers of two thousand two. If if Hunter, you remember this, that team. Oh, yeah. yeah, I was gonna say Fal- Falcons dynasty. Oh, that's another one. Where, that's a, that's where a it was place. like, hey, we're gonna be a dynasty, and then they fell apart right away. Literally twenty eight three in the Super Bowl, and yeah, away away they went. Um, that's too too far back for me and Jack. <laughs> so, okay. I, I, I I do know of that game. It was <laughs> uh, the best part of that game was obviously I had no interest in either of those teams, but mm-hmm. I was at a friend's house who was a Falcons fan and his other friend was a Pats fan and the range of emotions from the third quarter to overtime in that game. (laughs) He was just like, of course this happens to us. It just always happens to us. Yeah. So it was, it was quite the emotional ride uh, that game. But anyway, and then to finish up on the news, we have, uh, we kind of predicted BAFTA before the pod uh, ended last week and we were pretty spot on at everything we went on. Nothing really too shocking at BAFTA. But SAG last night, um, we had Killian Murphy winning actor. I think that's over. In terms of what I'm predicting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Supporting actor, supporting actress has been over since January. So that we don't have to talk about that no more. Um, actress is a race. It, I, I, I just, you know, prisoners of the moments on Twitter. Oh, Lily Gladstone's got it locked now. I'm like, well, let's just, just like hold it back a bit. There's a discussion that we can still have about this whole thing in terms of like they like uh, poor things a little bit more than killers. What they think that performance actually is. Emma Stone's performance, I think, is better. But last year, you know, they're bringing up last year I, with um, Michelle Yeoh. But Michelle Yeoh was actually a true lead, so... I, I, it's apples and oranges in that comparison. Should be a fun discussion next week when we predict actress. And then um, Sag Ensemble went to Oppenheimer. I saw a lot of people picking Barbie. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't yeah. have been shocked if it had yeah. been Barbie. So I wasn't... They're not crazy. No one's crazy for picking that. Honestly, if American Fiction had won, I would also would not have been shocked Oh, yeah, either. that's it, like, yeah. I was, like, I was like, the only one that's not winning is the color purple. And probably the killers of the flower moon yeah i was so, like any of those other three were surging or popular or the casts are popular so so and I, I did want to add uh did you guys see the the show live yeah obviously um yeah, what time was it airing over there i don't know i didn't know it was happening <laughs> i mean i, I woke up and I, like well killing murphy once that okay that i, I did for Forget yes, just like six thirty. I was like, "Oh shit, it's a Saturday night show." I forgot it. Let me I'm just so preconditioned to Sunday night. So, 
I think someone needs to give a memo to Netflix that when it was on TNT for two hours, that was two hours with commercials. I don't fucking need two hours of a show. That felt so long, Hunter. I, I'll say it only didn't for me because I just looked away and did something else when they ah, were okay. handing out awards. Okay. Like those backstage interviews, cut them out, and oh. the show's maybe an hour and 20 minutes. That's literally a third of the show is those interviews. Like, give me so. 90 minutes and I'm happy. I I had a I had a rough because I was putting the baby to sleep, so I had, I was in bed watching with her. Mm. No, so nowhere was, else to go. I had nowhere else to go. So I was sitting there watching those awful interviews in the back and just... And they, I think they were longer than the speeches themselves. They mm-hmm. were long, mm-hmm. too, yeah. So. But with... Uh, Oppenheimer's win, it's now on track if it wins PGA tonight, which I'm pretty sure you guys don't have anything else for PGA, right? I mean, this is the, I mean, I guess this is like the one, unless something else is like different, this will be the one testing ground of the preferential ballot. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I've got no other reason to think of anything else aside from Oppenheimer, but that's like the one like thing I have like, in my mind going into tonight so if it wins, i presume it'll i presume it'll win but if, if it otherwise win, i'll probably be why if it wins today it'll become the fifth film since 95 when sag was created as when dga bafta globe cca pga and of course sag so and then obviously goes on to win picture i gotta find those other i saw it on twitter i gotta find those other five movies the four movies because i do, actually don't Guess. have them off the top of the head like the only Long one I could think of was Lord of the Rings. I was yeah, I, I was not La La Land because SAG throw Titanic. It's not SAG. Titanic uh, did not win SAG. Yeah. Now you look at who won oh, was SAG that like the Star full Wars Monty years. in '97? I think it was. Hold on, I'll get, I have the hmm. list. I have the. I just pulled it up. It, right. it was. It was the full Monty. So Apollo 13 won in 95. The Birdcage won in 96, hey. which is one of my favorite Yo, fucking wins ever. Good, good pull for and that. It, and it beat the Best Picture winner that year. English Patient was in the SAG 5. And it, and ah. it so that uh, <laughs> Full Monty, Shakespeare in Love, American Beauty. I, I have a feeling American Beauty is American one of them. American Beauty might be one of them. Yeah. <laughs> that might have been. <laughs> Traffic. Gosford Park won. Hey, that makes sense. That's a that's a big uh, cast. <laughs> that's a big cast and a great movie. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The chick. Uh, listen, it, I blame myself, Hunter. I thought it was Downton Abbey before Downton Abbey, and it was not Downton Abbey at all. It is. It's much better. No way. Downton Abbey <laughs> rocks. Uh, no, no. Two thousand two was Chicago. Lord of the Rings was oh three. Sideways was oh four. Crash was five. Little Miss Sh- Sunshine was six. No Country for Old Men. I think that may be another that one. one. That one swept the whole season. Slumdog Millionaire. Oh, yeah. That may oh, be. There you go. That, that one that is. That one. Yeah. That one. Everything. And then that's it because it wasn't Bastards, King's Speech, <laughs> The Help, Argo, American Hustle, Birdman, Spotlight. Actually, Birdman. Birdman. Won. Birdman was like it was originally that Boyhood Birdman, and then Birdman just fucking and they split and, and they split at the Globes, it. so that could yeah, be it too. Yeah. Uh, Wait, I, no, Budapest won comedy at the Globes. I, okay, I just, so there you I go. Remember. So yeah, that, get rid okay, of Birdman. Not that one. Okay. So Hidden Figures, Three Billboards, Black Panther, Parasite, Charlie Chicago Seven, Coda, and Everything Everywhere All at Once, and then Oppenheimer this year. Everything, everywhere, all of once would have been... Actually, no, it didn't even win BAFTA, so yeah. So, it'd be... Yeah, very... I think it's going to be a top-tier uh, 
Best Picture winner for all of us if it happens. And then that gets us Luke and then, and then watching Luke. Best Picture winners, <laughs> which is going to be – how long are you going to take? Is it going to be one per month or one every two months like other – You well, know, I said I'll try to do it before the next Oscars, but I don't know how realistic I mean, that's going to be. I was going to say, you've got to – I feel like it's like two, two a week. Off. How many do you have? Like, I want to do them all in order and then study the evolution of the best picture uh, winner. In, in order is going to really kill you at the start. <laughs> <laughs> he may be done by 1939. I think he uh, may so tap out. I mean, I, mean, 30, I, I was going to say, you get the... You get the I'm going to get to the sound of music and just not watch it. Like, oh, come on. <laughs> Luke gets to... Luke gets to I mean, you might, you, you might need the sound of music for a pick me up yeah. after some of this exactly that's what i'm thinking when, well, when luke gets, gets to... go ahead go ahead you get to, you get to the 80s you're gonna have to take forever because each of those movies are three hours long oh. <laughs> they're all good but they're I all th- fucking long i'm starting to think now that i'm i'm done you know we talk about like the we probably talk about it during our tears man the 80s is up there with the 30s of best picture winners i hate the most like i sincere i hate out of africa more than any movie in the 30s i think Really? Outside of Cav- so, maybe Cavalcade, maybe Cavalcade, I hate the Cavalcade. hate more, but like a piece of shit. Like I hate Out of Africa with every ounce yeah. of my being. It's but uh, but I'm very curious to your journey on what you like, what you don't like. There's some really good movies there, so don't worry, they're not all terrible. But uh, I, mean, I would have I would have been the biggest villain in the '80s because three-hour historical biopics are my jam. So like, while everyone else is suffering, I would have been living large. <laughs> They're not I'm all just trying to get to Lawrence of Arabia oh. whenever that oh, was. Oh, there you go. Well, yeah, yeah, there you go. You never seen it? No. Oh, but... yeah. That's that's going to be quite you're going to going to love it. I know Jack's aching for me to get to that. Oh, one. yes. Mm-hmm. No, that that you you you'll have it'll be like Shawshank Redemption. You'll be like tr- trudging through the sludge of like the bad 30s, but once you hit that late 50s early 60s run of like yeah. Ben-Hur apartment West Side Story Lawrence just that's what it was. That's what it was all for. Jack, yeah, gonna we s- gotta, we'll get to that in like. The, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jack's gonna steal a thirty-five millimeter print and send it to Latvia for you, of Lawrence of no, Arabia. It's gotta be, so it's gotta be 70. 70? 70 millimeter. Yeah, yeah, you I'll, have to. Oh. Now the and only send them a four K TV just for the viewing. It's like no no computer yeah, for this s- one. Send that one too. Send that yeah. one. Too. The only the only problem is he has to watch Tom Jones the next one. So <laughs> it goes downhill. Speaking real quick. speaking of and, Tom and, Jones, do we have any Tom Jones comments coming up in the next section? No, no not, not yet. yet. Damn it! No, I, it is it is getting prolonged, and I'm getting more and more nervous. <laughs> oh man! All right, but yeah, only so much left I can watch. Let's get into that category. What have you watched this week, uh, Jack? What do you got for us? Uh, actually, no best pictures this week. Uh, the one that I was gonna do, you can't bl- you can't blame me for for uh, not doing it. But the Great Zigfield was at my disposal, <laughs> and I was just like, you know. I could be doing something nice with my night after the day at school I've had. So I went and did other stuff. But for homework, I rewatched the or, uh, I rewatched the Indiana Jones quadrilogy as I did school stuff, which I mean that's just perfect. Uh, mm. Like around the house chore entertainment, you pop by every now and then for one of those scenes. Uh, are you even, are you still ahead. you're still one three? What's your ranking? One, one three, three two four yeah. yeah uh and then i rewatched uh more twin peaks you know still yes. a great show james yes. early still sucks yes. uh, <laughs> are you on season two yet 
Uh, no, I'm on on the last episode of one. Oh, okay, great. So I'm great. Be. Yeah, I've been, I've was kind of lacking this week because I was just kind of back and forth a lot. Didn't have much time to really invest in it, but no, I yeah, I'm I'm liking it with every rewatch. Rewatch so. Uh, and then I rewatched Inglorious Bastards for the first time in a bit. And man, the more I rewatch this movie, the more I'm convinced it's his best. And I will die on the hill. Saying I'll, I'll, that... I'll be waiting for you on the hill as oh, I have I... been for a while. <laughs> oh, 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 this is a different hill. I, but I will die on the hill saying that that Gestapo officer in the tavern is as scary as Christoph Waltz's in that movie. Because yeah. man... We we talked about it off the line day, but that opening in the tavern is just like that's just two of my like favorite like bits of filmmaking in the last like few dozen years or so. And yeah, I believe he said that it's his I know he said in some interview that like Once Upon a Time is like his like definitive movie or whatever, but I think he's said that like Bastards is his like favorite like writing he's done, which yeah, I love the Waltz wins for both, but had it be my choice, I would have given the screenplay Oscar to Bastards over Django. It's, but I, great. I totally forgot about some big news. Like what you mentioned, Tarantino. Um, Tom Cruise is going to be in a Yaratu film. That's, that's gonna... Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah it'll be fun. <laughs> Cruise is back in his auteur era. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm looking for him to have some fun. He, he A-list stars. His... For he played this box office. Now he needs his uh, his long evaded Oscar. Mm-hmm. So the run begins. Anything else? We'll, uh, um. Oh yes. <laughs> uh, in prep or after watching Dune this week, I was taken aback by the producer's name. So I felt the need to rewatch another movie produced by Dino De Laurentiis. Dino De Laurentiis is the fucking man. I just wanted to put that out there. He's yeah, but like for every for every remake of one of my favorite movies, <laughs> i.e. King Kong, there is, however, one of the great sci-fi hidden gems, which is also the answer for the New York Jets' lack of good offense. Flash Gordon, quarterback, New York Jets. Luke, you need to watch this movie now with your football. <laughs> like there is a there is a football fight sequence in that movie that is as absurd as the concept alone, and then the rest of the movie itself is insanely cheesy. But it's really entertaining, and the production value and all that's actually pretty sick. Mm-hmm. So cosine. I need to get that Queen did the music, I, right? Yes, yeah. they did. Yes. <laughs> and, yeah, I I need to get that 4K. I, the Blu-ray. It's a looks... it's a really good transfer. I have it on 4K. It's a oh, stunning. You do? Yeah, nice. it's a really good transfer. Yeah. The Blu-ray is really good, but 4K man. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I got. All right, honey, what about you? Jack, do you have a 4K television? I do. Yeah. Okay. I was I was waiting for you to say no and be like, yeah, I'll get one for Flash Gordon too. <laughs> oh, oh, oh yeah no I'll, I'll send that to luke to, i'll send that to luke to lords of arabia and flash gordon the two Ooh, necessities of the 12 or twenty one sixty. damn we should have done our secret santa like later or something that could have been easy well guys it's my birthday in may so you know oh, there you go there you go well, it was easy okay um so what last sunday kept the best picture train rolling as yes. as always i watched you can't take it with you so, mm-hmm. I've seen three Frank Capper films, and two of them have sequences where the townsfolk band together and put money in hats. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. So 
so like cue the two nickels meme right there. That's like, but hey, Lionel Barrymore has been in two Best Picture winners between this and Grand Hotel. Man's killing it. Man's killing mm-hmm. it. I had never seen him in any movies before, and he's great in both of them. So I think it's I I really like You Can't Take it With You. It's a great little nice. hilarious movie in the '30s, which is very stuffy and stodgy movies, and this movie is like batshit crazy at sometimes. So it's quite funny. Uh, then I watched, of course, Dune Part 2, which I finally walked out of, and I was like, I fucking get it now. I get why people like this stuff. This is the, actually really the best, good. The best part, I was waiting. I didn't say it in our chat this week because I just thought it was funny. I Obviously, I'm glad Hunter loved it, but it, the fact that uh, Dune has the same score as the beekeeper on Letterboxd for him is... Uh... That is true. <laughs> that is true. I think Dune is number two on my year. And then the beekeeper is like number five. So we're, you know, the balance is, I love that. Balance has been <laughs> maintained. Yeah, I know. It is great. Yeah. So I, I walked out very happy to it. I was very impressed by the scale and everything. The, the more they introduced all the new characters are the ones I wish they had introduced since Dune one. Cause I love the politics, the empire, the Imperial you know, in, intrigue and all that. I, I loved it. So I, I, I mentioned it in passing in my review. Cause I don't want to get into sp- to spoiler territory but some of this not the comedic stuff bardem stuff but the religious aspect of his performance really captures what uh extremism in today's society is and i really think he does a i think he has to hear i think he has the most fear i think he's his terrifying performance when he gets towards the third act in terms of like how you know i don't want to get into but you know what I'm talking about. I thought yeah. it was the scariest performance of the bunch because of where that character ends up. Yeah, Luke, I think with what you're expecting from him specifically, it it gets really scary in terms of how how close it is to our reality today, if that's and I'll leave it there. But yeah, mm-hmm. sorry about that. No. No, I, I I compared to my review to like Avatar, the James Cameron like the Batman where it's like if you just step back and like look at this on the super service level, it's super silly and kind of not dumb, but like you can make fun of it. You know, hint, hint, as we will do in 20 minutes for this story, <laughs> but it's told with such weight and importance that you buy it right away. Like, yeah, you have to ride a sandworm. You have to do this. He's literally Jesus. And you're like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense to me. It all works out. So I think it is a, a great adaptation of a story. And then I watched on I don't know, Friday, I guess it was. I watched One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest to get that one uh, down. That's the first time I'd seen it. I liked it. I don't think, I don't know, numbers. it's like number 17 all time on IMDb, and I'm like, I, I oh, just liked it. Thank you. Oh, my God, I feel vindicated. I, don't know. I feel so fucking vindicated. I mean, Jackson, I, 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 did, I did like it. Like, okay, I didn't... Wait, what's, what's the star rating, Hunter? I'm gonna give it three and a half. So there's that. Okay. okay. Yeah. Well, that's a hundred three and a half, Dave. That three stars from you is still low. In oh, comparison. three stars. No way. No way. Yeah, like, yeah, the acting Dave. is way too good for three stars. Yeah. Wait, am I at three? I don't think. Think you're at? Yeah. You need no, a, you I'm need at three a, and a half. I'm at three and a half. Oh, you're three and a half. Yeah. Oh. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. Well. But it's one of those where I went into it knowing Nurse Ratchet is one of the great characters of all time, and she won her Oscar, and I just kind of was watching, and I was like really she this is one of the great characters of all time i mean she's she is and isn't i thought there would be a lot more to her than what there was she's in it a lot less than i thought it was gonna be i think she's also kind of oversold 
because of like AFI and stuff. It's like yeah. a villain, and like I, I don't really, I, I don't really yeah. find it as much of that. Wow. And I and I went in knowing that that most people don't think she's like a villain, you know, quote mm-hmm. quote. And she on that list is a little bit of a fudge. But even then, I was still feeling like I was oversold on like her character and the dynamic yeah. she would have with Jack Nicholson and stuff. And I was like, I don't know. So in terms of Milos Forman, best picture, best director winners, I'm firmly on with AS Camp. Sorry. <laughs> oh, I, I, I am too, but it is like, yeah, I, I, I hold, I hold dual citizenship. <laughs> but there's nothing wrong with that. And I, I totally understand why people like love this movie. I just kind of was like, oh yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty damn good. So, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to watch today. I think it was going to be. I think Tom. I was just going to do more Jack Nicholson. I think I'm going to watch Turns of Endearment. That's a good one. It's sad, yeah. but it's good. I mean, you do have Tom Jones just sitting right there for you. <laughs> I know. Just it's literally. I, know. I don't even think it's. Hold on. How long is Tom Jones? It's two hours. There you go. It's, not it's perfect I timing. Many, I think I have, what, eight movies left? Nine you got, movies you got, left? You got three weeks, my friend. I, I literally have been like. I did this in like January. It's like okay, if I watch one every three days, I'll be it. I think it's now down to like one every two days, and so <laughs> kind of been slacking a little bit. I was like, fuck. And then I'm gonna rewatch Oppenheimer when it wins. So I was like, okay, well that's another movie. I got to throw it in there, and that one's three hours long. So fun times. What about you, Luke? Anything you want to highlight? Uh, it's been a bit of a slower week. I've been editing videos for Helmer. Um, should be coming out soon. Uh, but I finally watched the Netflix miniseries Beef because that was going around winning quite a few awards. Uh, very enjoyable. That is how television should be. Uh, just it, two people get into like a bit of a road rage and just escalates exponentially from there. And, and the last episode is really quite perfect. But rewatches, I've been I'm just doing a few rewatches. All movies in my top 10, 15. Like, why would you watch new movies when you can just re- rewatch your favorites? That's what um, I was saying. So, yeah. so La La Land. I hadn't seen that in a while. Just so good. I enjoyed the first half this time more than I did any of the other times. I don't know why. I just did. Um, of course, Emma Stone, one of the one of the best of all time. Uh, Black Swan, firmly in my top ten now mm-hmm. on my second watch. Uh, Natalie Portman, also one of the best performances ever. And then Arrival. I know Dave watched it, so I'll, I'll let him talk about that a bit more. I think that's, yeah, that's just like the best movie ever, like, bar none. If Dune is better than that, that that's like really uh, quite something. Emotion. I mean, I think it is. We'll have to see. Yeah, I'm curious. Yeah. And then Silence of the Lambs. It dropped a little bit <gasps> in my ranking, but not like, mm. in like two or three places. Is that the so, best uh, of the big five winners? Think so well yeah. i still yeah, i guess I, now that i've seen I, all three I, now yeah <laughs> true <laughs> i i still lean i still lean cuckoos but i mean honestly it happened one night like rewatching that kind of put reassured that like they're all kind of pretty close mm-hmm. together for me at least um and, and they're all just like different movies too so it's, it's it's fascinating that like of the three like big five winners it's like a comedy a drama and then a thriller so it's yeah. not like you're just comparing a bunch of drama movies for really? sure you, you you said thriller too didn't even say horror movie you know, i mean i could have I, I, I thought about saying horror just to like fully illustrate like the difference yeah. but <laughs> thank you for pulling back on that jack i appreciate yeah. it uh, I, I know my limits so for me i saw uh the oppenheimer documentary that 
came on Peacock with Oppenheimer this week called To End All they're, War. They're, they're, Oppenheimer. They're I should have watched that. that. It's it's really good. I it actually just shows how good of an adaptation uh Oppenheimer is because a lot of the stuff in the documentary we know, but it's still a highly recommended watch just to get the real life perspective. Then speaking of like cash grab, Netflix has a documentary called Einstein and the Bomb that just came out last week. It's uh it's pretty fucking terrible. So I say I I I'm just basing it off Oppenheimer the movie, but I'm pretty sure Einstein had little to do with the bomb. They actually credit him in it. He's the reason everything and all I that mean, stuff. I know he created, you know, you know what his historical significance yeah. is, but they gave him tons of and, and, yes, you, and could it, also, you could also do a, a deep dive into exactly why it wasn't, because the movie kind of just pushes past that. And more importantly, this movie has like one of the worst things I hate in documentaries, and they do reenactments. Um, yeah, and, and they're yeah. they're they're very bad. But I at least love them on like the History Channel because they're usually pretty bad, and it's kind of <laughs> it's that's the at least one part. There's some guilty fun into those ones. I, I saw another really terrible documentary called Selena and Yolanda. I don't know if you know who Selena the singer is, but she was killed in '95 by her man, one of her uh, her fan club manager in a hotel room. And this documentary is I had heard about it, but I didn't think it was going to be that like uh expo- exploitary they basically they interviewed the killer from jail and her family and basically they're like oh we never stole because the whole idea was like they stole from her and then they had a meeting and she killed her and then basically they're like but we never st- stole from her they didn't deny that she killed her but they're like no but we didn't steal from her so i thought it was yeah, I-, I thought it was terrible Murder is okay, but we draw the line at stealing. Yeah, seriously. Is this is this the one that Jennifer Lopez played? That's the uh, that's the biopic. Yeah, the, she played okay. the biopic. That's her breakout role. Sure. The movies, the movie. I like the movie, but yeah, this is pretty terrible. Uh let me see. Oh, um, it's been a while since I've dived into like a rando horror. Uh, maybe like two weeks. So I saw 1994 Cemetery Man, starring um, sure, starring Rupert Everett. Bas- young, young then. Yeah, young. So basically, a sedentary worker has an unusual problem when dead rising from the grave. Him and him and his assistant must end the creature's lives again as soon as they are reborn. So basically, he just he never leaves the cemetery. He's just in the cemetery, and it's it's more of a horror comedy. I thought it was alright. Nothing, nothing too crazy. Uh, they have an they have an unusual problem of the dead rising. Like, yeah, that, that's just out of the ordinary. It doesn't happen on an average Tuesday. Uh, went on a Denis uh, dive. I finally saw Incendies. I think that I was hyped up to it. Um, I thought it was fine. It I, it great direction on his end, but I thought the movie itself did not really live up to the expectations expectations that I had. Sicario's a banger. Prisoners is a banger. <laughs> Enemy is a banger. It's a weird banger, but it's a banger. Arrival, this and Interstellar are the two movies that I've has hit me the most since I had Harley. And just like decisions made in Arrival, and then when we get to the end, oh fuck, man, I was like a wreck, absolutely emotional wreck. Uh, this is probably my number two of his, probably um, Dune two, and now this and Arrival. Uh, but yeah great stuff here then i went to blade runner and blade runner 2049 and i mean yeah jack you know which one's better there you go that's the question all right 
So it's also rhetorical. I, uh, there's no debate. I don't need a debate. I think mean, they're both five stars for me. So yeah, uh, they're both great. I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to incite anything. The only co- the only thing I'll say is Denis got it right on the first cut. I guess that's where I'll well, I'll say mm-hmm. he didn't. You know, we didn't need. Well, how many cuts, Jack? Like four. Well. For the well, is you, it is it Ridley I, Scott's fault? Is it Ridley Scott's fault? Nah, that's true. Or, that is true yeah. too. Um, now, now as for like the final cut, and I, I do. There, there aren't a ton of like significant changes to the director's cut. The final cut, a lot of it is actually just like tuning technology stuff. So, yeah, that 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 is, that is true. And I, they're both like Blade Runner is like a bit higher for me just for like different reasons. But the sequel is fucking awesome. Yeah, n- no. Com- Speaking of Ridley Scott, that Bee Gees biopic he's gonna do it. That's yeah. When you just go like, nah, man, that's just gonna be boring as shit. Sorry. Did you guys see the budget? I didn't add it to news. Did you guys see the budget of Gladiator Two now? No, no. Yeah, three hundred yeah, million. It's, it's not great. Not great. I I only I I'm not questioning or saying it's wrong, but it's like Ridley Scott's whole career is tight ship, under budget. Mm-hmm. You know, everything is under control. He's like a general, and I'm like, how did this double its budget? Then? This has to be the strike. Has to be. Yeah, but like, 150 million dollars just because of the strike. I don't yeah, know no, how that's that works. Too. That's one of those like, I wanted more like investigative report. I don't want a headline that you know just says it because I'm like, there's no fucking way Ridley Scott would let this happen. Yeah, well, he wanted to point. add that scene of baboons attacking Pedro. That, I, yeah. 150 <laughs> I saw an American in Paris. I'm uh, going to do some best picture watches this week. American in Paris is vindication for Jack's brim hat. I got to say, we always bust Jack's balls regarding his brim hat and, and him looking like smalls in the sandlot. But this is like a perfect vindication of Gene Kelly with that brim hat and that opening like 20 minutes of American in Paris. It's top notch. I don't, I don't think my hat is like Scotty Smalls level of <laughs> in terms of its brim, but I'm glad that Gene Kelly is here to I'll say you, you can know Gene Kelly. I don't, I actually don't remember that. I absolutely love Hunter's letterbox on this. Damn. Gene Kelly was hitting the weights back then. <laughs> Yeah, he's <laughs> popping out of the shirt in that movie. He, uh, it's crazy. And Jack and I know Jack probably knows, and you guys are aware that have seen it. It's one of the greatest endings ever. That sequence at the end is just fucking mm-hmm. phenomenal. That's what won the best picture. I mean, that, the movie's great overall, but that, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, then I went. Then I saw Singing in the Rain, which has now jumped into my number nine favorite film of all time. It is just goes up, 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 up. I think this will be the final spot for it. I don't think it has more room to work for me. What what's number eight and like seven? It's all kid like stuff that like me as a kid. So like right now it's Godfather two, one, Dark Knight, Back to the Future, Ghostbusters, Batman, Empire Strikes Back, Halloween, and then Singing in the Rain. So yeah. I don't think it's I don't think it's moving anymore for you know, but still yeah, it, nine is a great spot to be at. Um It man you couldn't they gave fucking a yard or two back to back. You couldn't just do this for yeah, what? you could have given Gene Kelly a directing Oscar. How great would that have been? Shit, they got they they had to nominate him first. Seriously, uh, and then finally, uh, also saw On the Town, which is, um, have you guys seen On the Town, Hunter Luke? I haven't yet. I'm gonna soon. I know Once I'm is. done with this series, I got I got shit for from Jack for this, but when you watch it. Just see like Gene Kelly, Frank Sinatra, and then the other guy. Oh man! Okay. There's well, who is it's, the it's other a, guy? His name. His name is Jules, Jules Munchen. Munchen. 
Yeah, he was yeah, one of like, that name's not he, ringing. He, he, <laughs> he, he, he was one of the MGM contract players. Yeah, he was in okay. all their musicals. He's in. Uh, he's also in Take Me Out to the Ball Game, Dave. The another oh, cool. uh, Sinatra, Gene Kelly. So yeah, their their trio is good. He's certainly the number three. I wasn't doubting you there, yeah. but he's the Darnell somebody... Mooney of. Oh no, that's that's just... well <laughs> that's no because Darnell Mooney implies that there's like two, and I feel like it's just DJ Moore. <laughs> Uh, Braxton Berrios. <laughs> he had the touchdown, and then Bryce <laughs> But no, overall, Honor Town's great. Uh, I started Anchors Away. I want to finish it later today. It, it, do, okay, Anchors Away is like. Bro, why is that it, two it and is, a half it, hours? It, it, it is on the town, but like you don't need that extra hour. That's it's that's so what I love long. about it because on the town, like it's like you know, like the twenty four hours, and like that's it, and that kind of like. Mm kind of adds to the stakes and then like an anchors away so it's like they have three days and like the time just kind of like melts away mm-hmm. i guess and it's just like oh should they be gone by now but... so it was so it's on the town just the good version of after hours yeah basically yeah, yeah. It, it, after hours but happy it's <laughs> yeah, a happy it's a fun it's a fun movie was what i was it was like what i was like my ideal New York when I came to visit, and then after hours, like the night was like the <laughs> night there. Vision <laughs> on the town's actually one of the best um, adaptations, musical adaptations. I said I've seen on the town on Broadway, and it's mm-hmm. fucking phenomenal. Speaking of that, wow, we've gone forty minutes already. Uh, someone posted on Twitter: Can you rank Best Picture nominees uh, by how good of a stage musical adaptation would be? Here, here's the rankings that I saw. Barbie's number one, well, Maestro, yeah. Yeah. Maestro's number two, yeah. Poor Thing, well, yeah. For but Broadway, I see. Power, I guess the half of the power of Maestro is the cutting and the editing and stuff, so you're going to take that away. Poor Thing's number three. If you can recreate those sets, it'll work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That'd be a real fun time at the <laughs> show. Right in uh, front of you, front row if you want it. American Fiction is number four. It'd be the play I never go to. I can I can see the very popular New York play. I would probably never ever. Go it could to. be. I could. It could be a real funny time. I could see that one. Oh, this is like just like Broadway period, not yeah. like specifically no, musical. Broad, okay, Broadway. okay. Um. Oh no, I'm sorry. Stage musical adaptation. I apologize. Okay, I was, yeah. I, I, I was gonna say I was like because if it was just Broadway play, then like holdovers just feels oh yeah that's like that's that's, just auto number one and that's number five holdovers is number five past lives number six anatomy of a fall number seven drop 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 eight killers of the flower moon drop 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 (laughs) drop drop drop, oppenheimer and 10 dots down is a zone of interest that's a musical (laughs) yeah it's only a terrible musical It'd be a terrible play, too. Seriously. Uh, and then uh, to finish up, I rewatched Tenet on IMAX 70mm yesterday, and it's, yeah. It's been, I've always liked it, but it's good to see other people really love it on this. Um... I, I think I don't think I've seen a single person rewatch it and, like, say it's on the same level or worse. Everybody it's, it's has gone better. up in the rankings for mine. Everybody they have seen, seen the lights. That. They have seen it's, the lights. It's basically that, yeah. And then uh, Twin Peaks Firewalk with me. Um, rewatched this morning, three and a half hour cut, and... Ah, it's just a beautiful, it's, it's beautiful 9 picture. It's 9 a.m. in the morning. You've already yeah, seen it? That's, that's... Yeah, I saw. I started at 6. So okay, I guess you got it in just in time. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful stuff. Uh, but yeah, that, that wraps up what we watched. Uh, let's get into why we're here. Another David Lynch movie. Dune, 1984's Dune. Celebrating 40 years this year. Um, 
So I'm going to assume your all your first viewing was in the past week or two. So I will uh, I'll kick it off on my end. I actually saw this in 2020 during my initial I want to watch every David Lynch movie, and I want to credit Denise Dune for making me like this movie in a very campy way because if this is the only adaptation of Dune we had, I'd probably hate it very, very much. <laughs> uh, but now that we have what we have with Denis, I'm perfectly fine watching this in a very like campy, uh, let's poke fun at it kind of way. Um, I don't think it's very good. There's some good elements to it, I can't deny. But as an overall adaptation, I know Luke will comment more on that. I don't think... It really captures the spirit, especially with how Paul ends up here as opposed to how he ends up in, you know, Denise Dune. But, Jack, I'll start with you. What are your yes. thoughts on Dune, initial thoughts? So, as Dave mentioned, I first watched this on Tuesday. Uh, and I'll just say that I'm glad that our guest is here who can go much deeper into the source material, whereas I am looking at this more of the... From a POV of David Lynch having now <laughs> watched Twin Peaks two and ongoing three times and some of his other movies. Particularly funny to come out to come to this only a few days after seeing uh Mulholland Drive. Mm. Uh it's also a favorite of my stepdad's and he would always push it, but I, I never got around to it. But I did. And yeah. <laughs> uh like you said like you said, Dave, I'm glad that we now have the adaptation on a grand scale and that now I can look at this and have fun. Uh, but that said, uh, I think it also kind of plays like a period piece. And I mean that in a derogatory sense <laughs> at this time around, <laughs> unlike normally. Yeah. Um, and I mean, at the end of the day, it, I can at least look at this as kind of, it's not on the same, like, I guess, wow factor for me, but it kind of, felt like after hours when it's kind of just like a breath of fresh air from not really fresh air in this case, but just something completely different from what I've become accustomed to seeing. Uh, and there's some elements that I like and others, not so much, but it was a fun watch collectively speaking, but I do have thoughts. <laughs> it's like flash Gordon. Flash Gordon. But like, uh, you... but like I, but like I said, played with more of like a, like an Elizabethan, like kind of just like royal family tone. So, what about you, Hunter? <laughs> did you hate it, or did you at least find it tolerable? Uh, so yeah, my first watch of it was Thursday. So we're you know moving up. Actually, surprise, Dave. Your first watch was twenty twenty. I would have pegged mm -hmm. this for like mid nineties, early two thousand something. Yeah. <laughs> I would have thought. I, I honestly would thought. But uh, yeah, I watched it Thursday, and I uh, I'm not gonna say hated it, but was. Getting close to it, something. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're not going to say, I think it's a bad movie any which way you cut it. I don't really, you can, I blame everybody. Um, but I said, thank God I've seen both Denis versions now. So I kind of knew what was going on and I knew what they were skipping out on, at least in terms of the movie adaptations. I mean, when it says Paul and Shawnee's love blossomed, I'm like, that's like two hours of the Denis version right there. And that's five <laughs> fucking seconds of the David Lynch version. I was like, God, okay. It, it, but it was an interesting thing after watching both Denis films to watch this and how time is managed in each one. It's and crazy. again, you blame Dio De Laurentiis for forcing David Lynch to make this one movie, but I also blame David Lynch for not making a good movie. 
And of course, the one that knows the book, Luke. Go for it, Listen, my friend. <laughs> I was watching it, and I, I thought, okay, visually this is appealing. Um, I, I I appreciate how different it looks from the Denis one, because uh, Dune, you look at the different covers through throughout the the time it's been out. It, the the covers are very different. Some are a bit silly. Some are a bit like more brutalist, like the like the Denis one, like this 50th anniversary one. Is just the worm, very cool. Uh, and so the production design that was very cool. Uh, the visual effects, sure they've aged, but they still look good. And I've watched like a lot of videos on how they were done. Like the shield fight, it took them a year to, to do that. The, the the one at the start. Yes, so, yes. Really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it doesn't make me feel better, honestly. Actually. So uh, a credit to the v, to the poor VFX workers. Uh, so yeah. that that has reigned true throughout. Um, I enjoy, uh, the music was decent by Toto, of course. We'll get to that. That being said, <laughs> this is the most shallow, level, <laughs> uninteresting adaptation that they could have possibly Drag had. Him. Paul, Paul has him. Paul has no arc like, like whatsoever. Everyone is miscast. <laughs> yeah, All, almost everyone. There's there's a few good ones, but I just was watching this and like, well, at, at least you tried, but. You couldn't have done anything, and like, like you, oh, you have to make this in two hours, and it's like, yeah, that's just like skimming the book. Like, <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. No <laughs> themes, no ideas, nothing. Just and a happy yeah. ending for for the end, which yeah, is which, not, which, which yeah, is not. It's like, come on. No, no, it's not. Uh, so yeah, uh, we're definitely gonna dive more into what went wrong here, but the book was nineteen sixty five. And the rights, uh, Arthur P. Jacobs obtained the rights in 1971 and died in 1973 while plans for the film were already in development with David Lean already attached to direct. Hey, you know, that, that, now, there that. you go. <laughs> now, it would be bad because it's literally would just be it'd feel like a copy paste of Lawrence of Arabia. But, <laughs> no, that would feel like a period piece. But just a copy paste of Lawrence of Arabia is still a damn good movie, so mm-hmm. I'd be okay with that. So the films reverted back in nineteen seventy four and were acquired by French consortium led by Jean Paul Gibon with Alejandro Jordowski attached to direct. Mm-hmm. I'd also I'd, I'd also David Lean sounds so weird for a sci fi movie. Cause I picture him as the most boomer no nerd <laughs> shit kind of guy like he's just well he's also an asshole a raging asshole so like i just feel him some curmudgeonly old man who hates anything sci-fi so that'd be it'd be funny to see his version of this the casting was would have been interesting for jordoski so uh first pink floyd and magma were considered for the music which would I have mean, hey, pink floyd would have cool. been yeah that would have been yeah, dope been cool Orson Welles as the Baron. Stop. <laughs> this right here, Make that man. movie. Where was that? This, yeah. <laughs> Orson Welles as the Baron. I told. I texted you about this. Oh, oh so this Orson is the one. This the is the Baron one. Is like one of my favorite casting what ifs, like mm-hmm. ever. Like he just it fits. <laughs> it, 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 it. I think. I don't. I don't. It's, it sounds mean. Fat Orson Welles is one of my favorite characters in movies. <laughs> he, he, he kills in every movie he just appears in. Now, if this was made in the '90s, would it have been Marlon Brando as the Baron? Yeah, but it would it would have sucked because Marlon Brando was not on his game in the '90s. Yeah, that is true. Salvador Dali was the Emperor. Yeah, that's pretty Mi- bad. 
<laughs> Mick Jagger as Faye. I, I never had to know how to pronounce his last name. Faye or whatever it is. Faye Rutha. Faye Rutha. Rutha. Rutha yeah. And then um, Bar- Brontis Jordoski as Paul Atreides. And then they did not specify, but Gloria Swanson was also considered. Yeah. <laughs> I was hoping probably, you got that prob- name. Probably Lady and, Jessica then. And do you have who well, no. was who they wanted to do um, like production design? Uh, let me see. Do I? Uh, Dan O'Brien for visual effects and artists. H.R. Geiger and Jean, Jean uh, Gerard and Chris Foss. H.R. Geiger, Alien Baby. Get Ooh. the a- alien world for Dune. Like now, the re- I mean, now we're now we're talking. <laughs> the reason it was canceled will probably disappoint Hunter the most because the project ballooned to become a fourteen-hour movie. <laughs> I, which, I mean, that's I, sure. I guess. I mean, I I saw Jodorowsky's The Holy Mountain a few months ago, and that movie is fucking insane for the budget it has like it has a not a big budget and it's insane one of the most visually beautiful movies but it makes absolutely no goddamn sense so like extending that to 14 hours on dude would be uh, quite the trip there is a night a 2013 documentary called jordoski's dune uh that was made about the failed failed attempt at the adaptation so i kind of do want to check that out to see uh what happened after that failed dino de Laurentiis purchased the rights to dune uh De Laurentiis commissioned Herbert to write a new screenplay in 78. The script Herbert turned in was 175 pages, the equivalent of three hours runtime. De Laurentiis hired Ridley Scott in 1979 with Rudy Warlitzer writing the screenplay and H.R. Geiger retained for, for the production. Scott intended to split the book into two movies. Which eventually that is exactly hey, what happened. He's smart. <laughs> he worked on three drafts of the scripts using the Battle of Ar- Algiers as a point reference before moving on to direct another movie, 1982's Blade Runner. He recalled the pre-production process was slow. Finishing the project would have been a uh, time in- a time intensive. After seven months, he dropped out of Doom, and ultimately in 1981. The nine-year film rights were set to expire, so Laurentis renegotiated the rights, adding them um, the rights to the Dune sequels as well, written and unwritten. Ultimately, after seeing the Elephant Man, De Laurentis decided that David Lynch should direct the movie. Around the time Lynch was being considered to direct a movie that I kind of wish he did, a movie we talked about last year, <laughs> Return of the Jedi, which. After the failure of Dune, kind of probably. I, I do have to ask because they were making Dune before Star Wars. They were planning to, uh, but once Star Wars hit, did they like really fast track Dune at that point? Because it was hot shit at that point to do anything sci-fi. Uh, do- doesn't specify in the notes, but I know knowing Laurentis, how he just wanted to get stuff out, wouldn't shock yeah. me after the success because by then we had three Star Wars movies. Well, two. With Empire, yeah, because if Wars. if you're doing this all Ridley Scott in '79, that's right after A New Hope, and then right before Empire. So, I figured they were they saw the billion dollars it made and whatnot. They wanted to get quick on that. So Lynch worked on uh, he scripted two films also, and he worked on five drafts before being forced to condense the entire story into a two hour and sixteen minute movie. Virginia Madsen. 
uh, stated in 2016 that she had signed on for three films and she was quoted as saying the producers thought they were going to make Star Wars for grownups. So unfortunately, that did not happen. The rough cut of Dune without post-production ran over four hours long. Could I think maybe I mean, is this is this even for grownups? Really? Like, honestly, <laughs> is this like I honestly think Star Wars is a little more grown up sometimes than this. Uh, in July 2023, there was a, a book titled A Masterpiece in Disarray, David Lynch's Dune. Um, Max Avery, re- doing research on a book, discovered that Lynch's half-completed draft treatment for the second film at Frank Herbert's archives at California State University. So you could actually find that. And Lynch was reached out for comment in January 2024 regarding the proposed sequel and he did not want to comment any further outside that he began working on the script that was based on Dune Messiah. Yeah, so moving on to Maestro's Corner, at least the music I had a good time with by Toto. <laughs> Jack, you're you're the music guru here. No? Yay, maybe? I, I had a good chuckle when Toto popped up uh, in the credits. Uh and it all, and it kind of made sense. Uh, I I laughed, but then I remembered. I was like, "Well, I mean, Flash Gordon and Queen, you know, David Prentice yep. just did that like two, like three years earlier." So, I guess he likes that. But the music was good. Uh, honestly, Dave, it kind of fits into where we're heading sound wise with the Battle of Menti. Uh, I just agree. Like, just I agree. like some of the vo- like, just like I guess the the eerie vibes. I would say and kind of synth emphasis but it was pre- it was good not one that sticks in my head quite in the way that uh on zimmer score does but it's really good at the moment i thought what about you hunter i actually did like the score a little bit that's the one aspect of the movie i'm giving credit to when they're riding the sandworm with the electric guitar i'm gonna assume it is, just kicks in i'm like all right this is that's pretty good that that sounds pretty damn cool so i will give toto credit for enlightening the movie in those scenes and the battle scene is quite good what about you luke do we love the toto yeah of course we love the toto Uh, i love the toto (laughs) songs more than the score but the score is still pretty good and i would agree with hunter the the bit where they're riding the worm going into battle with with the guitars going that was (laughs) very 80s moment I will also admit, though, that I could not tell you another song besides the Sandworm song in this whole entire movie. Yeah. Did yeah. they do five songs? Did they do 20? I don't fucking know. I only know one. So. <laughs> but it's a good one, so I'll give them that one. Yeah, I agree with you guys. The movie was released on December 3rd, 1984 at the Eisenhower Theater and went wide on December 14th. The budget was, I mean, $42 million, Not an awful budget, but it only grossed between 30 to $37.9 million, so... A disastrous uh, turnout. Uh, in terms of the trophy room, the movie received mostly negative reviews. 41% on Rotten Tomatoes. Our boy Raj, one out of four stars. His quote state stated, This movie is a real mess, an incomprehensible, ugly, unstructured, pointless excursion into the murkier realms of one of the most confusing screenplays of all time. The movie's plot will no doubt mean more to people who read Herbert than those who are walking in cold and later named it his worst movie of the year. I mean, he's not completely wrong, but he really hates David Lynch. And they had a I don't know if you've ever seen on YouTube when they finally met each other in person 
and Lynch, oh, yeah, yeah, and that, Lynch yeah, that. just like had no time for him whatsoever at the Oscar. I think it was at the Oscars for it when was, he, yeah. yeah from Mulholland Mulholland. Drive. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, nothing too shocking. The movie did get an Oscar nomination. Yep. So it was. Nomi- I was surprised, honestly, truly, when I saw that. It was nominated for best sound, and the movie won the 1984. I always find these random fucking award shows for you, Jack. The 1984 Stinkers Bad Movie Awards for work. For, <laughs> they're they're, they're I, not even when, I, when the Saturn Awards are coming in for did, you. Did it even stop? Did it even pop? <laughs> this this the Stinker Awards I see them pop up. They're like the B level Raz Razzies. Even the Razzies are shit, but like the Stinkers are just even like lower. We're just like ah, who cares? For what sure. did it, Sorry, what did it? What did it win slash nominate for? Well, it won the it won Worst Picture. That's all it won. Yeah. I don't know oh. what it, oh. what else it was nominated for, but you just a real. This is the Grand real, Hotel. I was, well, yeah, I was like. <laughs> Nominated for Best Picture and wins and nothing else. Let's see. Let me, I'm I'm gonna look up this award show just to see how many. When what did it beat? We'll see All if right, we can even go. recognize. I already which found ones... it. Oh, fine. Good job. Um. Oh, this is all right. So this only gives one award. Um, oh. So it's only for Worst Picture, but nominated for Worst Picture was Dune, Best Defense. I've never heard of that movie. The Gods Must Be Crazy. Rhinestone, starring Sylvester Stallone and Dolly Parton, and Bolero. Those are nominated for Worst Picture. I know now, none of I, those movies. I have somehow, some way, I have seen The Gods Must Be Crazy. We watched it in class one day for some reason. And like, it, it's on Disney Plus. Like, it's an interesting it title. One <laughs> of the weirdest movies I've seen in a while. It is, it's terrible, but I don't know what the hell. So yeah, there you go. There is a list of dishonorable mentions here that I'm I'm gonna run through. Keep it going, yeah. Beach Street, nope. Don't know what that is. Body Rock, Breakin, Breakin Two, Electric Boogaloo. Uh, <laughs> hey, what's that movie. Is that, I do know that there? movie. It's like, is that where it came from? Is that is that the origin? I can't I, remember. I think so. Can- Automatical Mission. It's Cannibal so cool. <laughs> Cannibal Run Two. Cannonball Run Two. I apologize. Not oh, Cannibal, oh, not Cannibal yeah, okay. Run. I, I was like <laughs> Cannibal Run. <laughs> Cheech and Chong's the Cor- yeah. Cor- Cor- I don't even know how to say Corsican Brothers. City Heat. The Company of Wolves. The Exterminator Two. Oh, this must be something. The I Exterminator like. Two. Wait, the same year as the Terminator. They must be bad as hell. This actually stars John Turturro. <laughs> Oh yeah. wow! Mm. Yeah, I'd rather have Arnold. Uh, give my regards to Broad Street. Hard to hold. Hot dog the movie. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Okay, what, okay. The, give the, oh, the, this like, is my very regards to Broad Street. That's a cool title. This is I, a I very this is a very much 1980s movie. It's a sex comedy. Hot dog. Uh, the I, movie. I'm, I was gonna look up what is hot dog. Oh, the, this poster sucks. The Ice Pirates. <laughs> Uh, incons inconsolable I can't even speak today. Differences. Joy of sex. The lonely guy. Oh God, you devil. Oh come, fuck you. Red Dawn rocks. They can kiss, kiss oh, my really? ass. Wow. Red, Red Dawn rocks. Damn. <laughs> Sahara. Uh, Sheena, queen of the jungle. Silent night, deadly night. Go fuck off. Silent night, deadly night rocks. <laughs> uh, slapstick of another kind. Supergirl, I I like Supergirl. I can't. I know it's not a good movie, but this this is this is seeming like a great database for poker punishments, yeah, just yeah. like the, the yeah. dishonorable mentions That's across true. all the years. Teachers, Top Secret, and the last one, Where the Boys Are, eighty four. 
Oh, what a poster. Oh, no. That's terrible. Yeah, I think you just listed like 25 movies there. They, yeah, they, really, they, really... Uh, they, they were a bunch of haters. They're like, yeah, we yeah. hate all these movies. <laughs> I'm not going to go through everything. I want to see if they're running. Oh, they ceased to exist as of 2006. So they ran. Oh, from, I was yeah. They ran from 19. The perfect time to revive them. They ran from 1978 <laughs> to nine to 2006. Yeah. I I don't want to stress strain you, but what, can you go to the very last one? Just maybe yeah, yeah, I got you. The, the Only because one. I would maybe recognize some of those movies. Uh this actually, I've never seen the winner, but I have seen the nominees. Uh okay. the winner was Blood Rain. 2006 star. Oh, isn't that isn't that UV Bowl or something? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Uh, Basic Instinct two would probably be yeah. my winner. That movie is <laughs> yeah. fucking awful. Uh, Lady in the Water. Uh, <laughs> oh, Little Man with Marlon and Sean Wayne's and Oh God and Zoom. Little Man is one of those movies. Even as a kid, you just looked at the poster. You're like, Nah, that looks terrible. Yeah. Oh wow. Interesting. I just went to 2005 for shits and gigs. Alone in a dark beat, uh, son of the mass. That's pretty, pretty insane. Uh, but yeah, uh, one day we'll go through all of these. But yeah, that is a stinker's award. Uh, Jack, what's age the best? Oh boy. Uh, well, I, I, I just found this funny. I put rockers in film uh, with mm. uh, friggin' Sting, a prelude to David Bowie and Labyrinth and The Last Temptation of Christ, which is only a couple years down the road. Kyle MacLachlan's work with David Lynch, I think, is yes. about, about as uphill of a trajectory as you could get. <laughs> um, you get Blue Velvet, and then you... Or no, you get Dune, and then you get Blue Velvet, and then you just go all the way up mm. here with Twin Peaks. Uh, I do think the sand the, the sandworm has since been perfected. I think, but I do think this is, I do think this rendition is still pretty cool. Looks like they have some leftover sarlacc from Jedi that they were able to borrow. <laughs> um, yeah, just the name Duncan Idaho is fucking awesome and not but one they, that I would expect. In this. They never say Idaho in the movie though. I, I they know. Only I yeah. call him Duncan, which which is a missed opportunity if you ask me. Um, but thank you for Wikipedia for reinforming me that that is the full name. Uh, <laughs> lastly, this character's in the. I I do not remember this character's like role in like the later in like the the remake. Um, and it's barely in the movie in the '84. But the navigator's like makeup, like the thing. At that's the what they like, moved. That's what this one does better. That's the only thing. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Don't have that in the it, new one. Like it looks like Admiral Akbar with like swelling issues. And so I'm just like, <laughs> like, what the hell is it? Uh, are the are the navigators in the new movies? I don't like, know. Actually, if, I, that, 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 then they're not in the second one. I, one I, oh yeah. wait, I think they may be. I think they may be Hunter. I we can't. I don't want to spoil it, but I think they may be. Well, I, yeah, I don't want to spoil it either. But like when I, I was really watching the the David Lynch version, I was like, I don't remember this character at all, and he's. I, again, I don't want to spoil, but I'm I'm also not perfect. So, all right, anything else, Jack? That was that, those were right. big highlights. Hunter, do you have one thing? No, <laughs> I, <laughs> I intentionally did leave this blank. I you could say the total score, but I honestly don't think it's aged greatly. But it is fine. So, I actually realistically went through the movie, and I don't think anything I liked in this movie. So. Um. Luke, do you have anything here? 
They're mostly related to the VFX because sure they've aged, but for the time they were like pretty good. They're not they're not bad. They're just old. Um, like the worms, of course, they they look good. Uh, you know, you might say they were foreskin worms in that one, and now they're butthole worms. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, we went, we went to the other side of the body. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So guild the guild navigators, of course. Uh, just just really w- weird looking dudes. Uh, I very much appreciate that. Uh, and yeah, most of the VFX, like another tidbit, uh, the sand the, when the worm first appears, the sand that they use, it's like a it's like a special super fine sand to make it look smaller. And if it like gets in your lungs, you can, it's really bad. So <laughs> they have to be really careful with that. Um, and just like the production design, because it just it just still looks good. Yeah, I'm with you there. So I have the production design and costumes on my end too. The David Lynch, Kyle McLaughlin relationship because I will always say I will always have a, a special place in my heart for Dune because if it wasn't for Dune, we would never have Twin Peaks. At least Dale Cooper as Kyle McLaughlin as Dale Cooper. So for that, it gets a lifetime pass for me just because it gives us Kyle and David Lynch. David Lynch cameos. Always love seeing him in the movie. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I missed No, he's in it. You see him. He's, he's, he's oh, in it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I recognize the, vo- the voice, but I don't, I don't remember seeing him I for some reason. Say, don't, don't, don't worry. I'll, uh, he might be brought up, actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Paul, Paul writing the sandworm. We talked about it already. Um, all right. That's pretty much That's pretty much it. For yeah. me. Uh, what's age the worst? Adapting Dune into a two hour movie as opposed to a nearly six hour adaptation by Denis? Uh, the Duncan Idaho downgrade. We go from Jason Momoa to whatever this guy was. I, uh, he has what three three scenes in the whole film. Yeah, yeah. he meets he meets Kyle McLaughlin. Then he talks to the the leader later, and then he dies. So I guess this is a Luke question, but I I chuckle at it, especially because what we get in Denise. What the fuck is up with the Baron? <laughs> Look, the Baron is very Does... different. In this, this Baron is closer to Book Baron. Okay, okay. Uh, but Book Baron is like he's a bit of a pedo as well. So we, it's it's good that we stray away from from that part. This is closer to what he is in the book. Because my guy's flying uh-huh. with a giant leather jacket. <laughs> I'm just like, what what the fuck is going on? But he uh, does have his little hover chair. But yeah, that is true. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Um, oh. I'm an idiot. I forgot to add what's each is best. Fucking Sting. Sting is great in this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I guess not for Hunter. <laughs> I feel like I'm so sold on what he does in this movie. Um, yeah. One, there is one scene I give him, but other than that, I don't think he does a damn thing. He's just Sting. Just Sting. Yeah. Just Sting. But if, uh, it, if his name wasn't Sting, I don't think anyone would talk about that. Last week, we talked about two-hour pay- two hour movies being paced. This is one of the worst-paced two hours and 60-minute movies I think I've ever seen. I, I literally was like, because I think I was like 45, no, maybe 30 minutes in the movie, and they haven't left Caladan yet. I was like, holy shit, this is not going to be good. Yeah, this and is we- a <laughs> really shitty pace. Um, yeah. And, yeah, what, that's it. What, what do you got, Jack? I am I am stunned that you omitted this. Shut the fuck up with the inner monologues, man. Oh that, yeah, that yeah, over, yeah. If you didn't like, say it, it was my th- number there one were, thing. There, there were like obvious, like I've said that like the movie is only like mid, really for me. But this is like the one like big like drawback that I was just like, just stop, man. Just exposition dumps. Uh, yeah, and. Yeah, and then I, I had written down earlier the 
playing like a period piece, not in a good way though. So, what about you, Hunter? The whole movie? All right, let me bring on my book here. <laughs> All right, I said opening narration with Princess Rulian yep. giving our Star Wars crawl, but then never having another line in the movie. So, good idea there. Um, I'm sorry, Luke, but I special effects I think are pretty bad in terms of. Let me fair enough. Like, you're not gonna watch them today, and be like. Oof. <laughs> but in terms of the budget, and I guess it's maybe not the fairest thing, but Star Wars is right there with lower budgets and looks absolutely incredible compared to this. I think a lot of this stuff looks cheap and kind of bad. So, but I will give it the shield fight is fun in its own way, I guess, because it's Minecraft fighting. So it's, kind of <laughs> <funny>. <laughs> it's pretty goddamn yeah. funny. So, but when I do hear it took him a year to do it, I think it makes it worse. Cause like, oh, they, they had yeah. to hand draw the shields. Like every frame. I mean, yeah, it is the time. They didn't have computer animation at to an extent at all. Um, so I, I will, I will say, have you ever? I'm going back into that effect. Have you ever seen Tron? Like the eighty, the eighty. Oh, version? I, I, oh I've, yeah. I've seen clips of it, and I know there's also it's... this part. Of it. Like I, I don't want to compare everything to Star Wars because Star Wars is really top tier of like all time in terms of special effects. So it's not the fairest thing, but you know, it's you had forty million dollars at your disposal. In all this time. No, that makes sense. All right, what else you got? Um, I said the screenplay. <laughs> uh, David Lynch doesn't write good dialogue, and it's fine for his films because his films are just batshit crazy in general, so they don't have to be realistic. But this movie is just terrible writing. I honestly, some of the dubbing, I honestly, you could have convinced me this is like a spaghetti western, and they like the whole thing was <laughs> Italian, and then we redubbed it in English. And I was like, I mean, sometimes. I said whisper narration slash ASMR. I literally put in my letterbox review, which one has more whisper narration, Dune or the Tree of Life? Which <laughs> one do you think? Because the answer may surprise you. Because, uh, And then I, last one I said acting. But I was like, I don't think anyone had, gives a good performance, but at the same time, that's somewhat some of the charm at some point. So it is, it's so bad it's good. So... There you go. I, so pretty much the whole entire movie, because I think <laughs> I literally listed directing, writing, effects, acting, everything is bad. All right, Luke, what do you got? Yeah, Hunter took the words out of my mouth. Uh, yeah. yeah, so mostly like uh, the writing, it's it's merit as an adaptation, especially after what we what we've gotten now. Uh, yeah, the, the dialogue was just fully expositional, and then you throw on the inner monologue because there's so much inner monologue, and that's where the most of the de- depth and the themes come come through in the book, uh, but yeah, in in the movie, it just doesn't really work. Uh, most of the dialogue, yeah, it's like, yes, I believe the Harkonnens are our enemies. Yes, I believe you're right. And it's just like that for the first half oh, hour when of the, the movie. When the navigators first show up and the, the emperor's like, "How was your journey?" Uh, yes, it was a good time. <laughs> I was like, "What is going on? <laughs> like this uh, is stupid." <laughs> Yeah, like you guys said, the the pacing, like like they take so long to get to Arrakis, and then it's like crazy rushed. So it's like, and also Paul can now fusroda for some reason. <laughs> that was not... the, the the sound weapons. I was like, yeah, again, not to totally spoil like, it, but like I was like, where the fuck did this come from? I don't remember that, but like okay, whatever. Um, so uh, yeah, it just, it just wasn't wasn't great. All right, Jack, Joe Spinell, that guy award. Who you got here? This is this one's a, I think an easy one for me. 
I think it, I think we might have the same one. And I I'll go on and say there's a lot of people in this movie that I I was like surprised when they popped up. Uh, like uh, Sean Young, Brad Dorif, even Patrick Stewart. I I didn't know was in this movie, and then there he was. But I mean, Big Ed, man, Big Ed, fucking pop. I get. I can't, I can't remember the freaking name. Uh, I don't need to find, but Big Ed from Twin Peaks is in Dune somewhere. I can't remember the actor's name, but I saw him and I was just like, hey. Uh, let me find it. That's uh, Ever, Ever McGill. That's his name. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. He plays Stilgar in... Oh, well, it's an actual role. Yeah. 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 Oh well, no. I, I, I. Well, you said Joe Spinell. That was like the, like I re- recognized him from Twin Peaks. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, there he is. What about you, Hunter? What do you got? Mine was David Lynch as Spice Worker. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because it really did make me do the the DiCaprio point. I was like, hey, yep. hey, David Lynch. I see him. Only because, like. It, David Lynch's voice and mannerisms like stick out like a sore Wait, thumb. If you and ever I, watch Twin Peaks, my friend, they're gonna oh, stick I, I, out I've, even I've, more. I've, I've seen the YouTube compilation package of David Lynch in Twin Peaks. Oh, He's fucking hilarious. I so love it. funny. Like, it's one of those like even if you didn't know who David Lynch was, your eyebrow would be raised at that actor. You'd be like, "What was up with that dude in that movie <laughs> for that part?" And you'd be like, "Well, actually, that was David Lynch, and you know that's just who he is and whatnot." So. It was pretty funny. What about he you? just goes, yes, yes, sire, yes. What about you, Luke? What do you got here? I didn't really have one, so I'm just going to go with Kyle MacLachlan, because I've only <gasps> seen him in one thing, and that's how I met your mother. As oh. a... <laughs> <laughs> the captain, yeah. So, uh, I'm, not I'm, a bad I'm answer. So, since you took Big Ed, I'll, I'll oh, just... Oh, was that your... Was yeah, that yeah, your I had him, too. As soon as I saw him, I'm like, ah, there he is. All we need is Nadine in this movie, and we would have been golden. Um... I I'll go with Brad Dorif just because it's yeah. Chucky. Like it's Chucky. Oh, oh, the thing about Brad Dorif is like I I know him like I know his, like his roles, but like I just cannot clock him in a movie. Like it's always after the fact or like in the credits. Or I'm like, oh, that was him. Like Cuckoo's Nest, Child's Play, Lord of the Rings, this, and he just looks so different in all, all the movies. I'm always just wait. Like, he's the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, or uh, the Two Towers. Mm-hmm. He's the guy who's like trying to like. I can't remember his name, but like the king who's like bewitched or whatever, he's like that guy who's kind of like, like oh, fur- furthering him down that mm-hmm. like dark path. Oh, he's, or he's, he's Grima? Oh, shit. Yeah. He has a very recognizable face. So as soon as, like, after a few minutes of watching Two Towers, I'm like, wait a minute, I think that's Brad Dorf. The voice is, he does a good job with his voice in that movie, too. So, um, all right. Al Martino Miss Castle Award. So, I have one here, in David Lynch continuity purposes only. <laughs> so for the role of the Baron, I would have brought in Walter Alkowicz, who plays Jacques Renault in Twin Peaks. Oh Pete. my god! <laughs> <laughs> so we can make Jack the Baron. Is that it all just you want to do? It just fits perfectly. It, and when you see Twin Peaks and you see like Jacques Renault, you kind of it fits, he, he, uh, especially he, uh, with what. Luke mentioned before about the Baron in the book. Now it fits even more for Jacques Renault. Oh, so he's a pedo is what you're telling uh, me. Or a bad, just a real sick Real, rock. real scumbag human being, yeah. Yeah, great. Yeah. Uh, what do you got Sorry, here? Sorry, Jack. That's what your name. 
Oh man, yeah, I too am recasting the Baron. Ooh, uh, what do you got Orson Welles. <laughs> he he died in '85, man. And once you pitch that but, uh, to me, you can't get it away. Get Orson Welles as the Baron, man. <laughs> Hunter, what about you? Who do you got here? Um, mine was funny. I have Max von Sydow as whatever the guy's name. I don't know who that character uh-huh. is. Only because. I thought he was Peter O'Toole in this movie the whole time. <laughs> so, which shows this is why I shouldn't be in season four of Link of Cinephiles because I am not in my A game right now. But I only was just like, damn, they got Peter O'Toole for this movie. His only scene is in the <laughs> desert. That's a fucking <laughs> joke right there. And so now I wish they had actually done it. It literally, when, he, when Max Foncito popped up in the credits, I was like, oh, you dumbass. That definitely is. So I was, I was thinking David Lynch was having a good time with Peter O'Toole on that one, but he wasn't. Luke, what do you got here? Uh, pretty much everyone, but uh, I think. <laughs> well, that's the real answer, honestly. Uh, for for me, two of them is uh, Kyle MacLachlan as Paul. It just he's like thirty years old, or how he looks thirty years old in the movie. Like, actually, yeah. I'll keep... he oh, looks older it... than he actually is because he looks good now. Isn't he like sixty, yeah, seventy looks years great old for now? His age, yeah. Like he looks great now. Yeah. It just didn't work for me. I'm sure he's uh, he's great in everything else, but I think the script probably let so him down. So he was twenty. Uh, twenty-four for Dune. Oof. Yeah. Fair, fair enough. Outside of him, I'd go for uh the, the Duke, uh J- Jürgen Prochnow. Oh yes, <laughs> the just keep the, the keep intensity. along, David. <laughs> just lacked any intensity, like There's... damn the spice. Oh, and that's it... the greatest one because he goes full Arnold with that one. He's like. Duke Lito Atreides. <laughs> they could have gotten Arnold for that one. Do it. It once he said like it was like his name is in the credits. I was like Jurgen. I was like, yeah, that makes sense. He did not sound like a native English speaker. Do we have um? No one's gonna mention Patrick Stewart, or is that coming later? Oh, he he's a good. He yeah. was cast. I don't think well. he's. Like I thought miscast. he. I thought yeah. I think like he's, he's really well cast. Um, like, he's he also doesn't get a lot to do in the movie, so it's yeah. kind of hard. He has that wig at the end, though. Yeah, that's kind of funny. <laughs> Thomas Mitchell, supporting player. What do you got, Jack? Uh, yeah, I actually did have Patrick Stewart here. There, like Hunter just said, like he doesn't have a ton of stuff to do in the movie, but whatever he was on screen, I was actually just like, "You're, you're good," and I'm the, actually glad you were here. <laughs> this was his his audition for Jean Luc Picard. I was, I was, oh I mean, yeah. yeah! If anyone knows, of, like, was this like his first big Hollywood role? I don't know his like career trajectory and uh, what he was me... doing before this. I know he only broke because out... like he's he, he's looked the same the entire time. You could have told me this was 1984 or 2004. He looks the <laughs> exact same. So he broke out in um with Star Trek. Because uh, that was like the late 80s, 90s. Late 80s. I remember. Yeah. Oh, so then, yeah. This like, this was, was before too. Star Trek. So I was trying to remember if like he had done anything before so this. So he was in John Borman's Excalibur in 1981. Huh. That's an actual movie, though. Yeah. The yeah. Plague Dogs in 1982. That's an animated adventure. And then Dune. He had done Hedda, yeah. Hennessy, Lord, Little Lord, Fauntleroy. <laughs> In nineteen, 19- I mean, some British stuff. Yeah, and then yeah, then Dune in eighty, eighty two after, and I mean, eighty four after Excalibur. Okay, like I know well, he's I a stage like... actor. Well, so he might have been doing that. I don't, I don't. Yeah, I'm just curious. Oh, he was an LA story. I didn't know that. Anyways, uh, so I went with Sting just because it was just fun to see. Yeah. Him on screen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what do you have? Anyone here? 
uh, Hunter? Um, I'm gonna. I went into this one ass backwards. I said Brad Dorf because yeah, he's so bad it's good. <laughs> yeah. then, I didn't know who he was, and then when I watched One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and his name popped up, <laughs> I was like, "What the fuck?" And then I think my neighbors might have heard me when I looked up IMDb on Cuckoo's Nest when he was Oscar nominated for that. I was like, yep. "What the fuck?" I about fell on my goddamn chair that, when I noticed that. that. So I was like, "This guy was terrible in Dune, and not." totally his fault but like he was an oscar nominee and i just so happened to watch this oscar in a role a day later i was like <laughs> how did that happen that so. goes in line with the rando 70s supporting acting noms that's how i felt when i saw dog day afternoon and saw chris Sarandon was nominated for supporting actor what? he was yeah <laughs> yeah I, I mean i mean well cuckoo's deaths is tough just because like that is a big ensemble piece and i don't know if mm-hmm. i could it's beyond beyond Jack and Louise. It's kind of hard if there was like one performance I would like single out. But I mean, I say I wouldn't pick him, but his character really makes it easy for an Oscar nomination. Yeah, yeah. You know, the uh, arc of his character. Luke, what do you got here? Is this separate from the Turtleneck Guy Award? No, that's next. This is supporting okay. actor. Uh, yeah, this tr- one, trust I'll, me, I'll... it actually this has confused me a lot of times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which, which award? <laughs> I'll probably just go with Sting or someone. There wasn't really one standout one. I, I thought maybe uh, he played Lady Jessica. That was Fra- Francesca Annis. She was she was decently cast, uh, and but but no one really that stood out. Now Black Turtle Night Guy Award. Ten minutes and under. I just went with David Lynch just because it's fun. I got. <laughs> I, I really had no one else here. Jack, what do you got? I went with the Navigator because it mm. looked like it farted a planet into existence, which goes pretty hard if you ask. <laughs> uh, what about you, Hunter? Actually, I do have a question for Luke. What was that fucking scene with the Navigator? I don't know what was going on then. You know, they take so much spice that they can see like the pathway through space, mm-hmm. and that guides the ship. It's been no, they are not in the new ready. movie. They are not in the new movie. Never oh, <laughs> yeah, as soon as you there's, describe there's, that, I, I... There's, there's one in Messiah, and he's quite a pivotal role, so hopefully we do get that. By that point, I think we, I think audiences are ready for that one. Because, like, that scene in the David Lynch, when we see them, as Jack says, far out of planet, I was I literally had no idea what was going on. And I was like, I don't know. Is there are people who have taken so much spice that oh. they just turned into that? I see, I didn't even know that. <laughs> oh, wait, wait till you see what... Little Atreides the second, or Little Atreides two. If we ever get to that. If I, yeah. I don't think we will, but that would be oh, insane yeah. if we do. Um, so my answer for this one is actually Sting because I think he does only have like six lines in the whole goddamn movie, <laughs> but he gets across the finish line for that scene. Yes, we all know the steam bath. That's an entrance right there. Alrighty, uh, Luke, you have anyone here? I have Alia because I I thought she was done well. Uh, how they're they're doing that in the new one? You you both have obviously seen it, and I know who's playing her. So I'm like, how how's that gonna work? So I'm I'm excited to see that there. But in this one, she was a, a quite a delightful short appearance at there at the end. Alrighty, and our Icebox MVP of the film. I mean, Jack, what do you got? If you have one. <laughs> Uh, yeah, come back to me on that. Let me think about that for a second. Hunter, do you have anyone, or is it just a Wait. title? The title card. 
Honestly, you don't want to you don't want to use me as your time saving technique because I'm just gonna say Toto because it's the only thing I decently liked in the movie. So I was like, well, by default, you have to be. Uh, Luke, do you have anything here? D- Dave, I don't know what's happening with your mic there, but it's very funny. To, to watch. <laughs> it uh, it un- it unclipped. So I'm putting. Uh, it back I don't here. I don't really have an MVP. I just I just go with the sand. I'm gonna say this the. The relationship between Kyle McLaughlin and David Lynch is my MVP. Because we got Twin Peaks, and that's all that matters that's, in the end. That's a bullshit answer, <laughs> but like, I get it. I really had nothing else, to be honest. I get Toto, maybe. I mean, I said Toto, so I didn't even say a good answer either. Uh, 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 I'll, Jack, did you find one? I'll, I'll, I'll take it a step further. I'll say D- Dino De Laurentiis with Rockers, because he's, yeah, yeah, to- he's got to- a good one. Toto doing the music and Sting in the movie, so yeah. he right. is on good terms. Mount Rushmore, I only... I- can't even think of jokey ones here. So. I put Dune adaptations, and that's it. <laughs> well, yes, the answer is yes. Yeah. Well, so we have two the two Disney movies. We have this one, and then whatever the, show then you sure watch. Oh my god, it's so it's so bad. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um. So I'll say this. So the adaptation, uh, Luke, uh, for it's Messiah and then Children of Dune. This adaptation that I recently saw, it doesn't finish what happens to Leto Atreides. Yeah, that that's in the next one. So it doesn't like it does. No, no I'm talking about the new movie. I'm talking about the. I saw a, a limited series yeah. that covers those two books. Oh, he doesn't turn into that till the. He he starts to. Oh, and okay. Then, so, so how many how many books are there? There's like I, six I by six. Frank okay. Herbert, and then there's like a billion by his son and another guy. Yeah, but then right. it jumps. Are, are the are the son's <laughs> books regarded the same? Or is it I have not heard. <laughs> well, it, ju- it jumps. I think the show is based on one of them. That it jumps. Uh, it jumps in timeline thirty five thousand years. So we're already at. You're right. We're already at the year ten thousand. What is forty five thousand <laughs> going to do to me? Like, uh, how far can you go? What does it mean at that point? All right. So Mount Rushmore choosing the wrong project, aka he chose Ooh. Dune over Star Wars. This has oh, to be would, in the Mount Rushmore. Would, would David Lynch's Return of the Jedi been good? I, th- I think so I think because they would they would have let him close to what we got. I don't know, man. I mean, he would still have like I'm sure there would still be like some like studio puppeteering, and George Lucas will pro- would probably have still been involved. Because, oh yeah, because I think the closest he ever point. came the closest he ever came to a studio film was a straight story, and a lot of people liked that direction in that movie i think the movie's not very good because it's not really a david lynch movie but mm-hmm. i think he could have weirded he could have weirded jedi up enough i think but um I, that that's also i know most people think jedi is the worst of that trilogy worst in air quotes yeah it's not yeah. a bad movie but i'm a big fan of return of the jedi as we talked about last year so i don't know but is there any projects you can think of like director chose the wrong one or what he could have gotten? There's a lot of actor ones. I actor ones, yeah. Will Smith, had, yeah. Will Smith is his own Rush, Mount Rushmore. What yeah. he's yes, passed true. on. Um, is this Mount Rushmore for Spice? Um, Dune one and two, and this. like like actual spices. Can we talk? <laughs> do that one too? <laughs> There's probably some movie. What about? Well, Kyle McLaughlin. <laughs> That would be just for me. Oh, no. He's done much So I would say Twin Twin Peaks. Blue Velvet. How I Met Your Mother Now. Uh, Showgirls. Showgirls. There you go. There you go. You know, uh, 
what was it? High Flying Bird, that Steven Soderbergh movie. He He's plays, in like, that? The NBA, he plays the NBA commissioner. He's pretty fucking fun in that movie. <laughs> oh, shit. I got to rewatch that movie. I haven't seen that in a while. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I only said it because I think that's one of the only few movies I've actually seen him in that's not David Lynch, so... But I wouldn't actually put him as Mount Rushmore, like on his IMDb, but I, I thought he was pretty good in that. He is pretty great as a captain, though, in, uh, in How I Met Your Mother. I thought he's phenomenal there. Uh, let me see. Not David Lynch, not Sand. That's all I got. Do you have anything, Jack? No, I, I literally just wrote Dune Adaptation. <laughs> um, Hunter, bad adaptations? Is that on your... <laughs> no, I, well, only because I figured one of you guys would do it i said failed franchise starters yeah so i was like oh yeah i went like john carter i said m night Shyamalan's airbender movie madam the web. mummy uh, madam web yeah i guess <laughs> even though i have no idea but i have no idea what the fuck they were even trying to do with that movie so like i can't even say that but uh, I, think, I said like the i think luke they, nailed the right the most recent like perfect one was the mummy because that literally destroyed an entire that's universe true. whole franchise right there i was gonna put on this argyle because they said this was supposed to be like a three movie trilogy and who the fuck cares the golden <laughs> compass was another one. Oh, and uh then i said directors with one movie that just really sticks out <laughs> i said david lynch is twice because it's this movie and a straight story but people at least like a straight story so i was like francis ford coppola with jack where it's like what the fuck is this uh david fincher with alien 3 less <laughs> so his fault but you you look at it i said ridley scott with a good year we tried to make a romantic comedy and it fucking sucks and uh long car wise my blueberry nights which nobody fucking talks about and like steven spielberg with like 1941 where he made like a dumb yeah. comedy and like nobody talks about that movie do you guys like Ridley? I'm uh, I have big Ridley Scott guilty pleasures. Do you like The Counselor? I have not seen it yet, and I do want to see it because there's I some like people it, I know who like. I like. I've it. seen people go one star on it. I've seen people go five stars on it, and I've seen people go both those ratings, both ironically and unironically, yeah, love it, it or hate it. So I'm like, I don't know. Wild movie, um, but which again, when you Ridley Scott does it, where he's like. I'm going to make a Bee Gees movie. I'm like, Ridley Scott is not a fun time director like Bee Gees. <laughs> so like, who fucking knows with that guy? What about you, Luke? Do you have anything here? Um, no, just maybe weird guild navigator guys, but this is like the only one, <laughs> I guess. All right, so let's finish up with some little facts here. Number one, David Lynch has said he considered this Dune to be the only real failure of his career. To this day, he refuses to talk about the production and has refused numerous offers to work on special edition Blu-rays and DVDs. Lynch had always claimed that revisiting the movie would be too fi- too painful of an experience to endure. Many fans uh, hoped that he would eventually come around in an article published in Esquire in 2022. He did indeed say the director's cut could happen one day. For, mean, for our version the- of this movie? Still wouldn't be it good. Would, it would fill some gaps, but not enough. <laughs> In his most literal sense, I think it is his only failure of his whole career. Like, I don't think he's made a bad movie besides this. Um, to some, yes, because of just how weird he is. But to me, yeah, I well, would say like he's an he's an artist. For you know, he's gonna have some people like it. But like, I think this is the only movie of his that everyone kind of like. Even David Lynch fans are like, mm, not this one though. This one was funny just because of the times. I guess Patrick Stewart uh, had no idea who Sting was as a musician. <laughs> 
when meeting him on set, he asked if he was a solo artist, to which Sting replied he was in a band called The Police. Stuart, unaware, thought Sting played in a police band. <laughs> which is weird because The Police are like one of the most famous bands. Yeah, they're a huge popular band, so he must have been under a goddamn rock. When he t- Go ahead. When he turned down uh, Star Wars, he told George Lucas, it's your thing, not my thing. Eh. Well... I mean, that's about as valid of a reason he could give. Yeah. So this He's is like the, on second thought. <laughs> this this next one just shows that it's not about the money. Sometimes, in terms to match the quality, this is actually, um, despite the fact it's a financial flop, it's actually David Lynch's most successful initial box office run. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that makes some <laughs> sense. I wonder how much did Mulholland Drive make? Because that one actually was like semi-popular in terms of context for David Lynch. No, I don't think his movies make. I, his movies make good money on re-releases, and they're always sold out. But that's on initial. Yeah, runs, yeah Mul- Mulholland Drive made twenty million dollars, which that's, for him is, that's really for, good. For David Lynch, I was trying to like that's huge. Yeah. So Lynch acknowledged he should never have directed this movie. He started selling out on Dune. Looking back, it's no one's fault but his own. So good for him, at least, you know, he admits his fault. Um, Princess Urlan, Helena Bonham Carter was originally cast. I mean, no matter what, she, she, she wouldn't have gotten It's not a character. Yeah, I was going to say, not, like, like, I feel bad for when it says Virginia Madsen is Princess Aurelian. I was like, she does nothing after the first three minutes of the movie. <laughs> and I get it. She was signed off for three movies, and there was expectations, but he did absolutely nothing. This movie has been called the Heaven's Gate of the sci-fi genre. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen Heaven's Gate. I do want to. Well, no, the reason for that is because of the financial losses at Heaven's well, Gate. I, yeah. That's why I want to see Heaven's Gate because I was like, hey, I want to see a movie that lost like a billion dollars. It's wild. So the movie cost $40 million and it made $1 million. Yeah. That's that's wild. Um, at least this one cost 42 and then made the 31. Um Ironically, Brad Dorov is in both movies. <laughs> oh, we talk about casting. Let's see what Luke thinks of this one, especially with his love of, of Maverick. Uh, Val Kilmer Ooh. turned down the role of Paul Atreides. That could work. What was that, four uh, years before Top Gun? Uh, two years. Two years. Uh, he, I, I think Val, Val Kilmer looks older than Kyle Locker, though. Yeah. Like, if I'm comparing... Top Gun Ice versus Comic Log in this movie. I Val Kimmer looks older. Yeah, that's true. I, th- I think it's more to do with the script. Like he has no arc in the movie. Like you, you can't do much with that. Accor- if anyone. According to the bio, Five Easy Decades, Jack Nicholson at one point in the late seventies considered directing Dude, but declined that it would be too much of an undertaking. And he also declined the role of Gunnery. 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 Who? Who's, who's Gunnery? Gunnery. Gurney, sorry. <laughs> oh, Gurney. Oh. Glenn Close yeah. turned down the role of Lady Jessica. Good. Like, wait. this is the one where... No, no. This no, wait, wait. I, I'm happy everyone turned down these roles. Like, <laughs> nope, nope, don't need it. Don't do it. Like, I, I, I'm saying good for Glenn Close. She doesn't need this shit. So... She was killing the 80s. She could do her own thing. Two more. Rob Lowe turned down the role of Paul Atreides as well. And finally, 
we mentioned the princess before. Here, here's who else was uh, considered: Jodie Foster, Brooke Shields, Kim Basinger, Melanie Griffith, Michelle Pfeiffer, Meg Ryan, Jennifer Jason Lee, Tatum O'Neill, Bridget Fonda, and Sarah Jessica Parker. Who, who I, can I, we get in for a day? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, or an hour or two. Bracket for like an hour's worth of work. Yeah. Who's around? Yeah, and that's all the facts I have. Jack, do you have anything? Usually I have some little stuff here and there. I, we we kind of talked about it, but I just had this written down. I had to pitch it to you. What Twin Peaks character would you want in this world? Like, who who's, like interactions would, with, um, with all of this would you find the most fascinating? The log lady. Oh my god! <laughs> I was I I was like Doctor Jacoby would Dr. be a Jacoby's great like good. Cha- would be a great chaotic one, but I but think just he like the log just her walking around with the fucking log, just talking to Paul Atreides and the Baron, just her the her and the Baron conversations would be. <laughs> who's, who's or the, who's, or who's the, the arm, little guy the arm who speaks who speaks backwards the arm, the, the arm yeah oh. I, that's, they, that they would, would be a Dune character. Like, Who's that guy? Yeah. He just walks around screaming, Garmon Bonzia! To everyone yeah. in Dune, yeah, that would be phenomenal. We already have that in Dune. We have the people who like speak into the microphone and can't understand what they're saying. So yeah, he could have just done that. Like, he's the one that says the gum you like is coming back into style. He just walks around saying random lines that no one else understands. That would be that would be wonderful. That's a good that's a good question. Uh and that is it. That's all I have. Um Moral of the story, watch Denis Villeneuve's Dune Part 2 in theaters this week. I suspect that Luke and Jack will be seeing it this week. Yeah, Wednesday. So, I know some people are seeing it today because I know there's that oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. premiere thing, thing, whatever. So some people might be. Yeah, the, I believe this is coming out with the sequel to Megamind. Yeah, I don't really count that. It's <laughs> 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 going to Paramount. Isn't it like a kid's show? Like, not even a sequel, like a movie? It's like a show, I thought? No, it's, I, I, I think it's coming on, on. I think there's a limited New York run this week of Love Lies Bleeding, a movie I did see this week, and it's very, very good, and I really, really liked it. Um, Rose Glass Rocks. Uh, but yeah, that's all for this week. Next week, it's time has come. Our good friend Sean, math movie teachers, will be joining us as we predict the 96 Academy Awards. Finally, it's here. I feel like they need to just go back to the end of February and just call it a day. This is how long was our nomination episode? I'm gonna look like it up. Two hours, two two and a half hours. So this okay, one's gonna okay. be an hour, forty minutes. Yeah, 40 yeah. Minutes an hour. <laughs> I mean, it took us forty minutes to get to doing in this one, so you know, it, it would, yeah, probably be an hour long episode, forty minutes of what we watched the news, and twenty minutes of predictions. Yeah, there's a conversation that I, I if I remember to bring it up next week, if um. It's casting Best Picture nominees in different decades. I thought of that as a fun exercise. As in, like, like, if Barbie Barbie came out, if Barbie, yeah, like, put Oppenheimer in in the 1980s or 1970s. Oh, what a cook. Oppenheimer (laughs) in the 60s, like, a Judgment at Nuremberg, like, type cast, like, you're going, you're winning everything. You're right, well. Because you have to think about it. If you're going to cast Oppenheimer, you have to think that J. Robert Oppenheimer is going to be on, has to be on the level of Killian. It can't be, like, a super duper star. You can't just put, like, if we're doing it in the 80s or 70s, it can't be like Al Pacino as... Although, yeah. although, no, <laughs> although... Like, make him like the Matt Damon world. Put... remember this day. <laughs> no, like Oppenheimer in the 90s, Pacino's playing Groves. 
Oh, oh yeah. Can, yeah. Can I can I can I put Oppenheimer in the thirties just to fuck with the people? <laughs> <laughs> They're like, what the hell is this? How about this? We each pick. There's ten best picture nominees. We each pick. Uh, uh, how can we split this evenly? Three, six, nine, and we'll leave one out there. And we each pick the decade, and we come back next week. I'm gonna put the zone of interest in the. 50s just to fuck with the people just to really <laughs> mess with them okay casting that would be i mean barbie is the well, easiest casting. What, you Bar- think there's casting involved in the zone of interest barbie in the 90s is like where i'm going because barbie is yeah it's gonna it, it could be an eight that could be an 80s movie though you could easily do that as an 80s that's movie. 80s 80s or yeah. if barbie's in 2000s would be sarah michelle oh, yeah. geller as barbie and freddie prince jr as ken that's literally the casting oh yeah it's scooby-doo or- you just do, just yeah. do it in the '60s with uh, Anthony Perkins with, with, the, with the Jacques with the Jacques Demy directing. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> that sounds yeah, good. That could be so, that could be good. Actually, there you go. Now we went from 40 minutes to about an hour next week. So. I mean, it, you know, I mean, I think didn't Greta Gerwig exactly say she recorded yeah, those French movies? True. So yeah. like, mm-hmm. uh, all righty, what do you got going next week, uh, Hunter? Um, the only movie I think I have to watch this week is Spaceman, the new Adam Sandler movie on netflix so good for me not really though but hoping to see uh love lies bleeding soon so you can check that out and i think the league of cinephiles is starting back up this week isn't it i know they announced a date for some surprise drops so look forward to that one and just head to cinemadispatch.com because i'll be publishing my final oscar predictions within the next week or so and jack yeah uh you can find me on letterboxd uh and then, like Hunter said, League of Cinephiles starting back up. You can find all four of us there, including our guest Luke, uh, who I believe utilizes his very good editing chops with those videos. So I'm sure there's going to be a lot of fun stuff coming out here soon. And Luke, thank you as always for joining us. Where can everyone find your work? You can find me at Instagram, but currently YouTube, my top 10 movies of last year. That's kind of plateaued in view count, but oh. it's still performing very well. <laughs> so thank you, everyone who's watched that. Great uh, video. And w- one last message for everyone who thought the first Dune was boring. This is the movie for you. That, that's, that's, <laughs> that's what I say. This is not a boring movie whatsoever. I, that is yeah. the one thing I will say. This is not boring. And you can find me at thecinematicreel.com. Uh, you find my work. Uh also on Rotten Tomatoes and my letterbox and Twitter. I will be reviewing Love, Life, Bleeding this week, so you'll be on the lookout for that. I don't have anything. I got a few invites this week, but I will not be attending any. So, clean week for me this week. But next week should be a fun discussion. We finally break down the Oscars. And until next week, see you at the movies. Bye.